0: Let your past define you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host. And today I have special guest Charles Smith. Well, thank you for joining me and being on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, No problem at all. You're welcome. So your story is... A little different than what I've had on the show, but I'm excited to hear your journey and what you've learned from it.
1: I get that a lot <laughs> <laughs> i i I get that it's it's different a lot I do i like I was just telling a client of mine today i um a lot of people have trauma in their lives. my life has been full of trauma, you know so it's a little different yeah right because he he was talking about like Whenever he hears a story like mine, he says that um, his story pales in comparison. I'm like, well, that's not true. You know, just because my story, you know, a lot happened. You know, he, he could, so, something could happen to him and it could be huge for him, but it might not be huge for someone like me, but it doesn't change that it's huge for him, you know, so. All
0: right. well. Everybody has different things, and yeah, I mean, of course, when you live it, you might think it's one way or another. But when you hear somebody else's story, it just like compels hmm. you.
1: And that's why I do what I do with this. You know, and that's why I, that's why I, I come on these podcasts and I talk about my story.
0: I really, truly feel every time that you let your story out, a part of you gets to heal a little bit.
1: Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, most definitely.
0: Yeah, it's important to let people know that you're not alone. There's people going through all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yep, yep.
0: And you were in the Army, right? I was in the Army, infantry. How long were you uh, deployed for?
1: Well, I was active duty for three years, and I was deployed in Cuba for six months, guard duty, guarding, uh, Cubans and Haitians in camps. They were trying to get over to the U.S. And we couldn't just let them come over. We had to transition them to wherever they were going to go. So we held them in camps while we could figure that out. And um, I went to the border of Mexico. And I can tell you that I didn't see one Mexican crossing the border.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Unlike today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, unlike today. <laughs> I, I, that's such a vast area, though. I mean, I could probably walk that area for days and not get to the end of it. You know, it's just, and not see the end of it. It's just so vast.
0: Right, that's crazy. Yeah, yep,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. A lot of it was, um, Mostly mostly training that I, I went through. I did get blown up once. No. But you know, it was in training.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Hey, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my.
1: <laughs> no, we were um we were at the National Training Center and um we were firing a Bradley, which is a small tank down range at targets zeroing in before we did uh live fire exercises and um a round got stuck in the turret and when we fired the turret blew up blowing up in basically in my gunner my bc's face my bradley commander's face they were blinded and burned they were blinded for like six months or so and burned and I was severely traumatized.
0: I can only imagine.
1: I just found out that I have um, residuals of traumatic brain injury from that. That was back in 95.
0: How long were you in the hospital for?
1: Um, I don't recall if I was even overnight, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. A lot of it was just hearsay for the, for the first couple of days. Like, I was told... That I rushed out of my tank after letting the back of the Bradley down. I rushed out of the tank, and I got my crew out. And I was told that I sat with my my Bradley uh, commander and my gunner until help came. And I was told a lot of different things for the first couple of days, but I don't recall it happening, you know. So I don't know what actually happened Right. Yeah. It's
0: probably better that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Yep.
0: So after you served your time, you went back to your home state or? I went back to Massachusetts. Yep.
1: And in Massachusetts, I did security. I was a homeless veteran for a little while because I... I was probably suffering from PTSD and TBI and God knows what else. I remember my grandfather and my uncle passing away, cancer, a month apart. Yeah, that's rough. Which was really traumatizing because I was orphaned when I was young, and my uncle took the place of my father. So it was like losing my father all over again. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. So I I be, I went into a really really dark depression. My only like coping skill, negative coping skill at that time, if you want to call it that, was carving on myself to feel something other than what I was feeling. Yeah. And that turned into a suicide attempt about a, a few months later. I attempted to take my life with um a bottle of sleeping pills and I I carved the words you whirled into my arm and I went to sleep and my friends found me a few hours later called the paramedics and rushed me to the hospital and thankfully they found me in time I became a homeless veteran after that I feel like that was my crucible I think that we all go through what you call a crucible a point in your life where it, it either makes you or breaks you that point in my life I've found out that I wasn't alone.
0: Sometimes that's what it takes to hear other people's stories. And you're like, wow, like this really does happen to other people.
1: I don't know why it didn't hit me when I was in Cuba, but it hit me when I was with fellow veterans who were down and out. And we were in veteran shelters and, you know, getting help from the VA and then that's when I figured out my pretty much my my life um calling was to help other people
0: it opened your eyes,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, like there was a guy uh Ford, who um was in a wheelchair, and he uh he lost his legs down and out homeless in a wheelchair, and one of the most positive people I'd ever want to meet. How does that happen? <laughs> you know, I I I always loved talking to him because he was always so upbeat and right, you know, God knows where he is now. But
0: Yeah, I mean some people they handle it well, you know. It's I've yeah. seen that many times, and people be like, Oh, you know, you don't you get what you can handle. And it's like, mm, mm. I don't know if I believe all that, but I do believe some people just maybe they think about it a different way they identify it with a different way but they're able to spin it so instead of poor me it's like oh this is me
1: yeah yeah definitely me too definitely that's how i think too like i think everything happens for a reason absolutely you know what was that
0: that wasn't my cat. Oh, I
1: was like something just swam by you. I don't know what it was.
0: <laughs> Stupid oh cat! My god. I know. I, I saw the tail, You're
1: and I'm like, <laughs> "Not a good time to get off my meds and stuff, seeing." Oh
0: my, god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god, that's too funny. <laughs> So I've heard that, like a lot of times when people do try to commit suicide, once you're saved, you're actually really happy that you were saved.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You're glad you didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I look at it now, and I tell people like um, my suicide attempt was 20 years ago. My son is 10 years old. You do the math. You know. You would know. If I did that back then, not only would I not be here, but he wouldn't be here, you know, and I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't be a seven-time author. There is so much that you can do after you think that the worst is, you know, that you're at the worst part of your life. Your life can change for that much better. Yes. I've
0: always said, don't make a permanent decision on a temporary problem. Exactly. Because it can turn around.
1: Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah.
0: When my mom, she had a friend, um, her daughter was 16 and she killed herself over a boy and it's just like, that's heartbreaking. You're so young Mm. and over a boy. Yeah. Like later on down the road, you might not even remember what his name was, you know?
1: Yeah, yep, yep. I had a a friend of mine in uh, high school that um, we would all meet in the parking lot. We all smoked pot at the time. (laughs) We would all meet in the parking lot. One day, we're all there, and like, where is he? Where is he? He's not here. And one of my other friends called his brother, and his brother told us what happened. Yeah, and needless to say, we didn't go to school that day. But we were just so broken up by why? I mean, of all the reasons, of relationship. There's tons of people out there. You know, you're you're, you're a new woman that I met today. You know, and there's tons of people out there that you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can meet anybody, especially now with the internet. You can meet anybody anywhere. Absolutely. I was I was going to, I was going to school a couple of years ago, college, and this girl uh, used to sit in the back of the class for a couple of classes. And we went into class once, and the teacher came in, and he's like, uh, "Before we start class, I have some bad news." The girl took her life. She's like, "I don't know if you guys remember, but we had a girl that sat in the back of the class." And, yeah, we we remember her. we just seen her last week, and we didn't know why, but she took her life. Why? You you know? It's sad.
0: Right. Especially so young. Yeah, yeah. This isn't forever. When you're that young, like, I get you live in the moment, and everything's a big deal. Because you're like, oh, my God, da-da-da-da-da. But you have to step back and realize you have your whole life ahead of you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It can happen. I mean, anything. I mean, I'm going to be 50 in two weeks. Anything can happen.
0: <laughs> well, happy early birthday.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never thought I'd make it to 50.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you were meant to.
1: Yes. Yep, yep.
0: Hey, <laughs> this is uh, Suicide Prevention Month, actually. Mm. September. Yep. So you said you have wrote seven books?
1: Yes, I have.
0: That's impressive.
1: Thank. Working on number eight and nine.
0: Are they like on the military? Is it about a, like substance abuse or just different?
1: One is a memoir. The first 11 years of my life, it's called 10 Homes in 11 Years. Moving around 10 homes in 11 years, it's from birth, obviously. To my mother passing away when I was six, to my father losing everything we had. He had multiple nursing homes and was rich. I mean I, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and then when I was like three I lost it. <laughs> I swallowed it. <laughs> and um yeah, and then uh when my mother passed away we moved out to Texas and Arizona. I lived on a Navajo reservation in Arizona. I lived on the border in Mexico.
0: That's a lot of moving.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Ten homes in 11 years.
0: It's hard to make friends that way.
1: It was (laughs) very,
0: yeah, yeah, yep, And that's important growing up. You need that foundation. You need friends. You need that out.
1: Yeah, definitely, yep. I actually, uh, not to get off the subject of my books, but I... Just lost a friend uh, two weeks ago. Tomorrow, he passed away. He died of cancer. He was battling cancer for like probably eight years now. And we've been friends since middle school.
0: Sorry for all your loss. There's been a trail. I'm really sorry for all that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I lost over 20 people, significant people in my life. I can tell you it doesn't get any easier.
0: Yeah, they say it does with time, but you might not cry as much, but the pain really never goes away, especially depending on who they are. Sometimes part of you dies with them, and that doesn't come back.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've learned over years that, like, with my mother and my father. I mean, I didn't talk for six months after my father died, but – um. I learned over year, over years to keep them in my heart, you know, and to keep their memory in my head, keep, keep them alive, you know. Yes. And that way they're never really gone. And, yeah, and that's my way of keeping them alive, more or less. Yeah, well,
0: that's important.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do the same with my friend. That uh, passed away. As one of my other friends was saying, because a couple of weeks before that friend passed away, me and a couple of the other guys that we, we hung out with way back then and up until like 20 years ago. We were like the um, uh, Stand By Me.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah we, we were like Stand By Me. <laughs> um, my friend Rob was saying that, because um, I, I asked him, like, what was I like when I was growing up? Because I, I, I honestly forget my ptsd i forget a lot and it was like you were looking for family you know when when your when your parents died you were looking for family and you didn't find it in your family and i didn't because in my childhood mind i thought that when my aunt and my uncle were trying to you know be parental figures they were trying to take the place of my of my mother and my father which they weren't, but in my mind, they were, you know? Mm. So I found what I was looking for in my friends, you know? Yeah. 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 Going back to my books, I wrote a book on PTSD, a book on um, addiction recovery, a book on positive thinking, I had to think about it for a minute there. (laughs) Um, A a book on uh, changing your life for the better. Like one that talks about how money is not the root of happiness.
0: No, it's the root of evil.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then speaking of loss, I wrote one on um, acceptance of loss. And how to cope with loss. I figured after COVID, the first round of COVID, that was something that was really needed.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure writing these helped you heal a little bit. You were able to dig maybe deeper inside and pull some things out and just maybe reprocess them and be able to lift yourself back up again. That's that's great. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, like uh, the next one I'm writing is going to be about me and my friends growing up.
0: Are you going to name it Stand By Me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: actually going to name it Blood Blood on Blood. Mm. You know, the Bon Jovi song, Blood on Blood.
0: I'm more of like a prayer, or what 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 is that? (laughs) (laughs) Living on a prayer.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. But he has that song about his friends, Blood on Blood. Okay. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. So I figured Stand By Me was already probably taken. <laughs> I a couple a couple of things. So I'm like, yeah, Blood on Blood would be good. So.
0: No, they're good.
1: Because I'm sure we shed enough blood by, the, by all the fights we've been in and stuff over the years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Never a dull moment with with my crew.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of a lot of crews here and there.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably not alone in that, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what do you think everything has taught you, like, especially with the PTSD and all that? Like how do you handle that now?
1: Great question. I handle that just like they say in AA—twenty-four hours at a time. I like that. Yeah. It's
0: day by day, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, um, last Friday, a couple of my, couple of the friends that I went up to see my my friend with, they're big in a local video station they um they got us tickets to go see uh, extreme the band extreme and mm-hmm. I opted out ongoing. I I love the band but I, I chose not to go because my I can tell that um, with the loss my PTSD is kinda of spiked. And with that with Cuba One of my triggers is crowds. I've often walked out of stores because it's too crowded. I get tense, and when I get tense, I get kind of defensive. So I figured a concert is probably not the best place for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's loud, and I know a lot of times money plays into it as well with the crowd. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. With 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 the, the tank accident, loud bangs is also a trigger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and fireworks and all that is definitely a trigger too. So um, yeah, I opted out of that. That's kind of how I, I I handle it. I like like that. I I decided that day like I'm not gonna go. You know, in, in that 24 hours, I made that decision. You know, and I—that's just how I do it. Like yesterday was kind of a a bad emotional day for me. Like I—I um, I often put myself last when it comes to uh, mourning. Like I'll make sure that everyone else is okay before I let myself mourn. Mm. Now,
0: you can do that. If you hold it in one day, it's just, it's going to burst. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Luckily or unluckily, I've had enough practice with it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, you know, I, but I, I, it happened yesterday. I had a bad day yesterday, you know, and, I was watching uh, the new Top Gun movie last night, and I just cried like a baby because I was just like, Ugh. you know, thinking about everything while I was watching the movie, and it all came to a head.
0: You were in the wrong headspace.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But one thing I do too is that I I woke up and. Today's a new day. You know, ever since I was homeless, that's how I wake up every morning. You know, today is a new day. You know, that's right. that's how I that's how I've done it.
0: As long as you're still putting one foot in front of the other, you're gonna get somewhere. It's you can't give up.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. I'm sorry you had a bad day. I
1: appreciate that, but I had a much better day today.
0: Oh, well,
1: there you go. I actually made a cop <laughs> laugh today. <laughs> oh. I was driving my truck from seeing a client, and I was uh, blasting Detroit Rock City from Kiss. <laughs> and I drove by him, and normally you would turn down a radio while you're uh, driving by a cop. And he was doing construction and and he's looking at me like Aren't you gonna turn down the radio? I'm like, Hey, you're loud, so <laughs> Oh my
0: god.
1: Your <laughs> construction's loud, why can't I be loud?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to turn it up, I can't hear it over you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least you laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you get a ticket for that? For where you're at? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Possibly.
0: I think here they started doing that. Like if you have like the real big boom, 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 like the bass. Oh stuff, yeah, no, I, I don't might. have a
1: doubt. I don't have that. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured you didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. No, No. <laughs>
1: Gene Simmons wouldn't sound good with that kind of a base, I don't think.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) Do you do therapy on the side still? Or what do you do when you are in those moods other than just, you know, disconnect?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, most definitely. Um, I have a psychiatrist. I have a psychologist in the VA. I have a support system within my friends. I have, um, coping skills. A couple of coping skills I use is, uh, breathing techniques, like 7-11 breathing, like in for seven, out for 11, do that a couple of times, slow and steady. And,
0: uh. I've done that a few times. It really does work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. yeah. yeah. And um like uh I use a calm app for, for meditation and I use yoga. I do I I did yoga for like forty five minutes last night after the movie. I often um I have a heavy bag downstairs, uh punching bag, and I often go down there and
0: <laughs> <I'm eat> the <laughs> <out of> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I released all the negative energy out of me and into that. Feels
0: good. No, yeah, absolutely. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've done martial arts for a number of years. Um, Shaolin, Kenpo Karate, Ninjutsu. I've done a few different ones for a number of years. Yeah.
0: That's supposed yeah. to be really good for the mind and body and all that.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really uh I enjoy it. And I think that um like I was telling a client today, I just met a new client that I have because um oh my boss would kill me. I uh I work for Aware Recovery Care who is actually in Florida. Oh You're in Florida, right? Mm hmm Yeah, yep. Um aware recovery care in Florida and we if I can put a shout out to them yeah, absolutely okay um, we have the the clients for a year and we meet the clients where they're at meaning that we'll go to their house and talk to them about their addiction recovery we'll go to meetings with them we'll um, I've gone to Dunkin Donuts and had a coffee with them while we talk about their recovery, uh, anywhere they want to go, you know, just to help them in their recovery. And like I said, we we have them for a year. So it's not like a detox or a CSS or an ATS where I've worked in a detox before and we've only had them for a week, maybe two. You know, and I'm like, okay, nice meeting you. Uh, hope you don't die on me out there.
0: Yeah, that's just not long enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's like I really get to know the person and I get to help the person. And I get such a good feeling, you know, that when the person graduates, that they have a good grasp of their recovery yeah you know, so anyone listening to this if you um if you feel the need to go into addiction recovery, you look up way recovery care. We're in uh Florida, we're in Massachusetts and Connecticut, and a few other states. we're gonna be in Kentucky soon too, so
0: nice
1: yeah 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 it's. The place is so amazing, I actually thought that it was a scam when they reached out to me to work for them. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me <laughs> Well that's
0: good though I mean, obviously they're doing good things, and that's it's much needed
1: amazing things, yeah, definitely yep yeah, yep yeah. it's i I can't say enough good things about them.
0: Well, addiction, it really never goes away. You just have to learn how to make it subside when you start getting the cravings and everything. How do you manage that? What is your tactic?
1: Yeah. My tactic is, like, I like put the PTSD 24 hours at a time. You know, like, right now, I don't even have the you know, the want anymore.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Like when I went into the military, which was my detox off of uh crack cocaine, I really wanted to just, um, you know, quit. And I haven't touched it since. You know, I, uh, I have had a beer every once in a great while. Like me, me and my, me and my cousin will go to the movies And I'll have a beer with a meal before we go into movies, and then we'll sit down and we'll watch the movie, and then I'll go home and I'll go to bed. But I have one, right? And I probably go to movies like two or three times a year. (laughs) You know, so that that's it, right? the, The last time I I smoked pot was in 2016. When my cousin passed away, when I was doing crack cocaine, I was running with him, and he went into heroin. I, re- I went into the military, and he uh, he disappeared in 2016. Um, he disappeared on the 4th of July. Just nobody, nobody knew what was that, what happened to him. I was. Uh, a trained private investigator and we had another private investigator, licensed private investigator, trying to find him. Nobody, nobody could find him. Um, a hunter and his body, yeah, a hunter and his dog found his body in the woods about f- five miles from here, and his body must have been there the whole six months. Because they had to do dental recognition to identify his body.
0: To decompose. That's how bad it was.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm in this field. Because um, I after that, I just dedicated my life to helping people with addiction and PTSD, but dual diagnosed. Cause
0: yeah, a lot of times they go hand in hand.
1: I would say 90% of the time they go hand in hand. Some sort of trauma is involved when somebody's, I mean, there's occasionally the people that, oh, I'm going to drink just because it's fun, you know, but a lot of, a lot of the time people drink because they want to escape something. Right. You know, or they use drugs, but I, I smoked pot that one time because my friend was like, you are such a mess. I was over over at my friend's house just freaking out because he was gone. He was missing. And my friend's like, you are such a mess. You're smoking this. Just to calm yourself down.
0: Yeah.
1: And I I smoked it. I'm like, don't ever give me that shit again.
0: <laughs> no, it probably made you more don't anxious. Don't do that again. <laughs> it
1: didn't calm me down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, Nope. <laughs> Well, that's good, though. I mean, you know what works for you and what doesn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was like, I thought it was going to calm me down. I'm like, nope, didn't work. Next. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: And honestly, with the the beer, it's probably been the last couple times we went out to the movies, I didn't even drink. So it's probably been a couple years, if not three, that I've had a beer since, like, the beginning of COVID. Before COVID, yeah, yeah. So I and I don't even want one. You know, I'm like, I, I have no reason to, to want one. I mean, I don't even like. I drank because I liked the effect. You know, I, I didn't drink because I liked the taste.
0: Right, because it numbed the pain.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I had a beer once in a great while. I did like the Sam Adams beer, so I drank one once in a great while. But even that beer, you know, like, wasn't that great of a, I can drink a soda and be much more pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) So.
0: Well, I've always said, like, if you really want to make a change, you have to want it. Like, people who want to change for other people, it's not going to work. You have to literally want it yourself, and then it's doable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't do it for somebody else. You need to do it for yourself.
1: Like the air you breathe. Yep. Yep, that's what I tell people. you got to want it like the air you breathe. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people fail because, oh, I want to do this for my kid. I want to do this for my wife. I want to do this for my husband. I'm like, no. (laughs) Can you come back to me when you want to do it for you? (laughs) Yeah, because I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to waste my time, but I'm going to waste my time. I don't want to do that, (laughs) you know?
0: Right. I'm here to help you, but if you don't really want the help, then I'm going to help somebody else who does.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Because one thing that my my sensei told me a long time ago, because I started with him when I was homeless, and I, I was just figuring out my calling then. He's like, you know, a lot of people are not really going to want your help. You know, they're going to say they want it, but you're gonna find that they really don't want it, and it, it's true.
0: I can see you that. Know, like, yeah.
1: yeah, it's like true true friends. You know, like my 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 uncle used to tell me, if you can count your true friends on one hand, you're lucky.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that that you might you're lucky if you can find five good people in a lifetime. That's sad.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah.
0: Shouldn't be that way, but I mean can't change people.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think I found one today
0: though. (laughs) Did (laughs) I think I did. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. You ever want to sit and talk? I'll listen. I'll hold you to that. (laughs) You got to have an outlet. Everybody does. You just, you have to.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's
0: so important to have some kind of a support system.
1: Definitely. Yep. Yep. Well, you can always call me.
0: Yeah. I got your (laughs) (laughs) number.
1: You do. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
0: (laughs) Is there any like tips and tricks or anything that you want to share? Things that if people are kind of going through this themselves.
1: Um, I always say don't give up hope no matter how hard it might be. You know, no matter how how rough life is, I mean, especially now. Life is extremely hard for every, everybody right now. But don't ever give up hope because things will get better if you just hold on, if you just persevere through the tough times, yeah. the pain. you
0: know. Life is hard. I think everyone yeah. can agree with that. Life is hard. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's a blessing.
1: No, yeah. Yeah.
0: Gotta go with the motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at
1: the uh, the planetarium with my kid a couple of months ago. And it really put things into perspective as they're showing us the galaxy and then going beyond and then beyond and then beyond. And I'm like, all that is made. That's what I told my kid. All that is made. And they made you. So you you gotta be special.
0: <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, I like that. Just to think, and we're just like this bit. We're just little in that whole galaxy.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's crazy to think about. But yeah, every definitely. single person matters. Yeah. So your books like are they on Amazon if somebody wanted to purchase or look them up?
1: They're all on They're on Amazon, but they're all on um lifeexperience.net. They can all be found on there. And on there, I have the links to everywhere else, Um, audible.com and Amazon and all that. And all my social media is on there and everything.
0: No, that's great. That way, if someone's like, I can totally identify, like, where do I pick these up? So that's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all my books have at least some um, real-life experience in it. My addiction recovery book, Battle of a Lifetime, has a lot of um, real-life experience in it. I had a lot of people with at least one year or more of sobriety add their stories into it to prove that recovery is real. So in including my story.
0: I like that. I never I don't think yeah. I've ever heard of a book like that before where people put that, but I love that.
1: I try to be original. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can't get any more original than crime over cocktails.
1: <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> You're definitely an original, too. (laughs) It's
0: an understatement.
1: (laughs) Definitely not a bad thing.
0: No, I I like being quirky, different. makes me who I am.
1: (laughs) Which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I really appreciate you coming on the show. I love speaking with you, and it's so many different avenues.
1: Oh, yeah, same here. Yeah, I'd love to come on again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We can do that.
1: Okay. Sure. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. All
0: right, you guys, that's it for tonight's episode. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe. That way you know when my next episode will be coming out got lots of more guests coming up so you're gonna want to stay tuned to that also have you checked out the new website it's still crimeovercocktails.com but it's just got a new look and maybe a little bit of a new feel and we will talk crime another time bye